Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. Well, not in person, but always digitally, except for those couple of episodes. But anyway, John, how you doing? I'm good. I, I hope I'm not too pixelated in this digital world that we're in you know, right now. Am I? Do I look okay to you right now on this video, even though our listeners can't see the video? But do I look okay? Because... I'm insecure. What do you think? You know, you, you look fine. You look fine. You know, in <laughs> fact, uh, that that's kind of a, a funny uh, thing where you think about how now people are judging one another based on their Wi-Fi and like how pixelated <laughs> they look or their camera quality or their lighting or things like that. Like uh, people can't see this, but I have a light that's shining on me because I feel I don't like talking to John while I'm sitting in the dark. I'm sure he'd prefer to see my smiley face than uh, to see just the silhouette of me as if I was on Unsolved Mysteries or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't judge you on whether you're a sinner or not. I just judge you on the quality of your Zoom calls. <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of the world we live in, right? Like digital yeah. <laughs> content, uh, digital media is important. And uh, that's what we want to talk about today because um, I know that John's talked uh, to me a little bit about it and, and parish success group i know has been kind of tackling the question of like what does digital church look like and uh you know a lot of us have figured out the live streaming thing a lot of us have revisited social media but what we're talking about i think is much much more um and we can see good examples of that in the evangelical church but really i think there's still a lot left on this uh, digital frontier yeah, I think at some point, Chris, we should bring Rich back on board. So Rich Curran has been a, a previous guest and, and he and I have been having a lot of conversations about digital church uh, and, and what it looks like. And, and, and to be clear, what we're going to talk about today is, is I think the beginning steps of that. And I'm really intrigued, Chris, to talk about what you guys have been doing at your own parish, because I think there are some incredible baby steps that you are taking in terms of this movement to this digital space. And let's be clear, you know, as we delve into this, this is not about being temporarily in a digital space. I think COVID, again, is accelerating uh, a, a large pivot for us in the Catholic Church for some sort of permanent place in this digital world. Uh, that we are, are in. And what does that look like? And how do we begin to move in that direction? We've taken those leaps because of COVID. How do we create some permanence around that? That's going to be some of our conversation. And I'm just going to say this is just very beginning conversation of this because I think there we have to wait and see. Uh, you know, I've had the conversation recently, Chris, uh, with others. It's like, who in the Catholic world is doing digital church well. And we kind of, you know, had crickets. We've had some names here and there, right? You know, like, oh, well, yeah. That. And then we said, who in other denominations is doing digital church well? And that you mentioned already, well, the evangelical church. And, and so I think part of what we need to consider in our conversations for today and ongoing is how do we learn from what maybe our, our Christian brothers and sisters are doing and how do we translate that effectively into a Catholic model, into a, a Catholic identity? I think, I think that's part of our conversation today. And I, I think we're going to start scratching the surface today, Chris. Does that sound like a good place to go? I think it's a good place to go. And, and just a disclaimer out there, we're not talking about like how 
all masses should be digital and replace in person. We're not talking about how digital should replace in person. We're talking about how it complements, how it um, is a part of your ministry toolbox. So before people get really concerned about us saying like, oh yeah, just live stream and pre-record and you know, for, don't worry about opening your church doors. That's not what we're talking about. We're just we're simply talking about like what a digital church should or could look like and, and some of the steps to get there. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I agree. I have to say that I think I've certainly been at a loss in terms of translating this into action. And then, Chris, I heard about what you are doing at St. Joseph uh, and, some, and some of the steps that you're taking. I'm going, yes, that is some of the, the first steps that we need to consider and move on. And so, Chris, I'd love for you to give us an update in terms of the conversation you and your parish and your pastor are having in terms of this movement towards this digital church and this digital reality. I'm just glad that my electronic media um, degree from Xavier University has been so useful these last couple of months. So uh, yes, finally the tuition was worth it. Um, but you know, like when it comes to digital um, digital church, right, digital media, I think we have to look at the fact that um, you know most of our congregation spends an exorbitant amount of time online, you know, and uh, and like one of the things that has kind of made me chuckle throughout this whole uh, quarantine situation is how people are like, Oh, people are just so screened out. They're so zoomed out. And and there's a lot of truth to that. But just because people are zoomed out, like, I don't know about you, John, but when I back in early quarantine was watching, you know, in zoom meeting after zoom meeting, after zoom meeting, after I was done, I would look at my phone, Facebook or jump on Netflix. Right. I was still looking at a screen people you know, and uh, it wasn't like, oh, I need to like get into pottery or something like that. You know, I was still looking at screens. So we are uh, in a digital age. Um, my kids, I know John's kids and, and, and even our adolescents are all digital natives. So first step is we have to get over our fear of digital media and, and the idea of being a digital church. I think that's first step. Um, the second step is understanding what are things that um, can be digital to complement what you're already doing, right? What are the things that are digital to complement what you're already doing? A simple example is streaming mass, right? Like streaming mass, it's not going to pull people away from going to church. In fact, I know from working at a church that has been streaming mass for a long time, our attendance in person increased when we started streaming. You know, um, and and you talk to a lot of these evangelical churches and some of their in-person attendance increased when they started streaming Um, and and their in-person attendance, meaning going to the church, because now all of a sudden what they did is they created a window for people who would never drive by, people who would never walk by, people who don't open phone books anymore because phone books really don't have this stuff are all of a sudden seeing the church. So like, again, um, you know, first step is not being afraid of and acknowledging the fact that we're in a digital era. And then second is uh, looking at what can be digitized um, that we're currently doing. And let me read if I could. So I just finished kind of going through the new directory for catechesis uh, that was released by the Vatican in, I don't know, July, August, whenever it was. But uh, paragraph 371, I just want to read part of this to you, Chris, because I think this provides some guidance because the church as a whole is having this conversation. 
So let me just read this. In the process of proclaiming the gospel, the real question is not how to use the new technologies to evangelize, but how to become an evangelizing presence on the digital continent. Catechesis, which cannot simply be become digitalized, certainly needs to understand the power of this medium and use all of its potentialities and positive aspects while still realizing that catechesis cannot be carried out solely by using digital tools, but by offering spaces for experiences of faith. And I just share that because I think it's it, the, the directory is doing a great job of, of articulating the why, the why behind being digital. And, and if you've got the directory for catechesis, I really encourage you to read pages, you know, paragraphs 359 to 372. Great segment on there. And I'll post that on the show notes so you can see some of that if you want to go back to it. But, but the church has been talking about this for a while. And this is not new in this directory, by the way. The general directory for catechesis in 1997 or 99, I forget which year, you know, started having the same conversation. And now this year in 2020, its pages are much more robust of well, what digital, what the digital church can look like. Definitely, definitely, and and I, I love how they say right. It's not necessarily about like just rebroadcasting what you're doing, but also being present in that uh, digital world. And 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 I don't think it means like getting on your Facebook page and just like inundating people with religious posts. Um, it's about engaging people in those conversations, um, engaging people, um, and. and and I like just as kind of a side note, I think I get so frustrated because when we think digital, we immediately either look at streaming mass or social media. And, and what we also have to understand is that this is so much bigger than that, right? It's not just getting on, making sure you have a Facebook page or, and at the same time that you're streaming mass. Like this is about like, you know, the content that you're putting on there, your, uh, your church presence. Like you, when you think about your bulletin, and you think about your church sign, um, when you think about like how people know that you're there, like think about that in that digital realm um, in that regards. And so, um, yeah, uh, just again, recapping, like, you know, be aware of the digital world that's out there and, and uh, don't be afraid of it. And then secondly, like look at how you can start digitizing what you're doing. Um, the third part is start looking at job descriptions and how those are molded and shaped to do that. Now, there's probably a lot of people who've gone out there and maybe hired uh, or stipend someone to run the virtual you know, streaming mass, right? There's probably a little bit more uh, uh, people looking out there saying like, we need a social media specialist, right? Those are two great jobs, but what I really think that you need is someone who's going to look at the overall storytelling of your parish and how that's gonna look through digital media. Right, and so um, what that position is called, I don't know, it could be digital content coordinator, it could be uh, digital communications um, you know, director, something along those lines, but really having someone who is gonna work with the pastor, work with other members of staff, and just say like, okay, how are we gonna continue to tell the story of our parish you know, through digital media? So this is real key, Chris, and, and I want you to kind of delve into exactly what you guys are doing at St. Joseph with this, because I think it's a really great baby step. What we are not saying, and I can hear those of you listening right now saying, great, I have one more thing to add to my job description. Actually, no, what we are saying is we need to begin to advocate for 
a position part-time maybe to start with, and maybe it grows into something more than that, that really drives this, right? Because I know youth ministry leader, coordinator, director, like last thing they need is one more thing on their plate, right? Director of faith formation, last thing they need is one more thing on their plate. Business manager, same thing, right? You know, uh, to do this well, Chris, I think you're advocating, and I agree that I, we need to begin looking at positions, paid positions, and maybe volunteer at first, right? That's going to solely focus on this aspect of ministry and partner with current staff members to help make that happen. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the way that we've gotten to this point was when uh, the quarantine first happened, right? we all knew that we had to figure out how to stream mass. Um, and I <laughs> being the people pleaser yet also being really excited about it said, you know what, I'll lead those efforts. You know, I, I have a background in it. I worked at church of nativity, which is proficient in this, you know, and I was like, you know what, I, I can figure it out. Um, and, and we did. And, you know, but I was fortunately blessed with another, um, parishioner who was a videographer and then just a couple of like high school students, that I, I pulled together and um, over the summer, we successfully streamed, you know, mass um, and, and figured out all the little nuances to the point too, where we were able to actually um, convey the importance of this, which I'll go back to this in a second. And parishioners started to fund this more to the point where now we are getting high grade equipment installed in our parish. Um, and, you know, as summer continued on, um, and I knew that faith formation was approaching and saying like, okay, this is something that like, I went to our pastor and I said, listen, as much as I enjoy doing this, I cannot do this and youth ministry this fall. And, um, and as much as I enjoy this, I, I'm a youth minister. Right. And, and so we need to hire someone. And, uh, so we've sat down and we've looked at a job description and, you know, in all reality, we weren't able to hire, you know, a 40 hour a week person. This is going to be a part-time position and, and not even high on the part, part-time. And so it really came down to looking at, okay, what are all the things that we want this person to do, right? If they have, and this is what you should look at. Okay. If, if we look at all the digital stuff that we should do, what, what takes priority? What are the things that need to happen? And so uh, one of the first things was we need this person, not just to stream mass, but to build a team you know, in our parish, a ministry that is going to be able to stream mass because you really don't, do not need a lot of people to do that, but having a team takes a huge amount of pressure. So we want someone who's going to be, you know, training high school students, adults, you know, uh, even middle school students to, to run this equipment and lead those efforts. Um, we also uh, know that we've been pretty successful at building up our Vimeo channel, right? And so some of your parishes might have a Vimeo channel or a YouTube channel. If they do not, like I would say do that right now. Um, and even if you don't know what to put on it, that's not a problem. Just get a Vimeo channel or a YouTube channel. And one of the first things you could do is stream mass to that, right? So we've, uh, we want a person to um, oversee those, but now what we want them to do is fill that up with content that tells the story of St. Joseph, right? Um, at the beginning of quarantine, it was cute because different ministries were making videos that were just like, hey, look, look at me. I'm eating a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, and uh, and, uh, and and I'm a priest, you know, and it's like um, I didn't actually see that video anywhere. But like, you know, that kind of content putting up there was kind of cool. The TikTok phenomenon that was kind of cool, you know, things like that. But now what we have to do is get intentional about, OK, what are the stories that we want to tell? And so 
one of the things that we started to do over the summer is capture because RCIA was delayed, right? Um, or at least uh, receiving the sacraments were delayed. We started setting up testimonials of people who went through the RCIA program. We asked them, what was it like to wait from Easter vigil all the way till, you know, um, a little bit later into the summer until you could receive the sacrament. Those are stories that we're going to share on our website. Those are stories that we're going to share through our Vimeo channel, you know, um, as a way of inspiring someone who's seeking you know, to, to be a part of that. We also want people to know that St. Joseph's is open. We want people to know that St. Joseph's cares about them. So we're capturing testimonials of our parish council, of uh, people in our parish who love what we do, but also want to talk about their experience through the quarantine, um, through the sacraments, through growing up and being a part of the parish. And so streaming mass and capturing that video co content are the two priorities that we have on the plate of this person. I love that. You know, it's, it's that storytelling, you know, via video, which is so impactful, so powerful, right? And like, you know, how great would it be to get a video of a family who's trying to figure out how to sustain their prayer life, you know, at home, you know, right. when they haven't been able to go to mass, whether it's creating a prayer space, prayer table, or creative ways of doing liturgy of the word, like and capture that on video. So, so what I'm hearing, Chris, though, is that there's a certain level of technological expertise that you're looking for in this position, right? And in particular, you're looking for somebody who knows how to use AV equipment, right? You know, who yeah. can do some videography, who could do some editing, right? And, and, and is able to kind of do all that in-house on their own uh, without uh, having to farm it out to anybody, right? Is that what I'm hearing about some of the skills you're looking for? Yeah, so you need someone, so like this is not tapping your youth minister on the shoulder. The only reason I feel like I can do this is because, um, and, and I'll list these skills up because I have some of these skills, you know, and not to blow my own horn, but it's just, it's, it's a reality. So you do want someone who maybe has an electronic media communications background or AV. But we also have to realize the thing that someone who's a videographer is not the same as someone who can run a website, who is not the same person that is uh, a social media um, expert. All right. Those are three different fields. Right. So um, if you want one person to cover all three of those fields, it's just not that's going to be too much. You're going to spread them too thin. So you need to focus in those areas. So we're really focusing more on the, the AV uh, videography side. Um, however, we do want that person. Um, so that person needs to be familiar with um, at least, uh, you know, basic camera and audio video work, right? Um, the, the second thing that we want to make sure that this person is, is um, aware of is basic like website skills, right? And, um, you know, before you get worried about HTML and CSS and all the other like sort of terms out there about coding, Right. Um, just make sure that this person's at least proficient in either a the website you're using or b the website that you could be using. And so, you know, something like WordPress, uh, which is is probably one of the more popular platforms out there. Like, you should have someone who understands WordPress. I mean, like, hopefully you your staff gets to know um, WordPress or or website stuff. But even if that's too much, then there are other sites out there like Wix. Um, Square, uh, um, Squarespace, you know, things like that, that are easy um, to set up websites, but you want that person to be able to do that because you want a place to host either the streaming or the videos in that regards. And even if that's just a link to another page, um, you know, that, that's what you want. That, that's what you want. So you want someone who understands equipment and has this technical skills. The third part, especially since I don't think any of us could really afford the, the quality of a videographer that maybe we want 
you want to make sure that this person's good at managing teams, you know, so um, whether it's someone helping with the website, someone helping out with the streaming of mass, someone helping out with social media, um, or, uh, you know, any of those areas that we talked about, you want to make sure that they are good at coordinating teams because it takes a lot of time to edit video. It takes a lot of time to um, plan out exactly what you're going to capture for mass to make it effective um, in streaming. And so those are a few of the qualities that uh, you should be looking for in a person for this job. And what do you talk about? Right now, you guys are looking to get about 10 hours a week. Is that what you guys are aiming for? How many hours a week are you looking we're, at? We're, we're hoping for 15. Um, okay. You know, 15, if we can somehow squeeze 20 um, or 19 in our budget, that would be great because we just know that right now there's about five hours dedicated to streaming. We stream two masses on Saturday um, and then the amount of prep work that goes into it. So that alone just takes time. But, yeah. you know, the, to tell you the truth, like to train people, like the equipment that you invest in isn't going to be that high tech or quality, you know, or I, I should say isn't going to be that complicated. Um, uh, the equipment that we've used uh, up until this point, I've been able to train teenagers on and they're using it really, really well. And I've trained other adults on it as well. The equipment that we're getting, um, the company who's installing it is going to take us through a training, you know, and it is one of those things where you walk in and, or you send the seminarian in or the deacon or whoever to flip it on and it should be able to broadcast in that regards. So um, even though it's complicated to figure out how to do it from scratch, uh, it eventually does not get that that difficult, you know, yeah. moving forward. And you're looking for really younger people, right? You're looking for people maybe in college who have some of this background and experience who are looking for a, a part-time job to kind of build their own resume, but kind of see how they could do for mission focus. Like who are you targeting for this? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is one of those things where because it's part-time, like the ideal kind of candidate is going to be a college student, um, or a freelancer who is looking for, you know, um, experience who's looking for uh maybe looking for some kind of pay um and uh you know i i remember back in my day at xavier i i would have loved to have a job like that right only 15 hours a week where i'm doing this kind of stuff i'm sharpening my craft you know this is going to help me in my school because i could either a get accreditation or b like work on some projects through that um, and, and then, you know, just reach out to your campus ministries, you know, uh, and see if there are any uh, young, um, you know, college students who are studying this craft or who have a passion for this and um, are looking for ministry because uh, they're going to be people who are going to really help you um, advance like what you're doing. The other part about it is, um, while it would be ideal to have someone who's Catholic, don't stress out about that because a good videographer or a good AV person knows how to tell a story, right? And it might be an evangelization effort for them, but like a good um, AV person is gonna understand what, like as long as you cl clearly communicate it, what to capture at mass, right? And what you're trying to bring out in uh, the storytelling efforts of, of creating these videos. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and, and I love, again, going back to what I said before, I think these are the beginnings of those first baby steps. They start really, pioneering our way into this digital church. And so by, by all means, this is not a full focus, comprehensive plan. Like this is the beginning, but, 
But I was just intrigued, Chris, by what you're trying to do here, because I think it is the beginning. Uh, and, and I think it is the right way to think about kind of moving forward in terms of how we move forward in this digital church. Now, let me just say one thing. You don't want to tell your own horn there about your digital expertise. But for all you podcast listeners, just so you know, I don't do any of the backend technology for any of this podcast. That's all Chris from website to editing to music to everything. He records this all. I just talk and Chris gets the credit for the majority of what we do here on this podcast. So he is very skilled in this and I'm very thankful for that. Well, and I hopefully the audio on this is coming through pretty clear, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I love working with tech. I mean, and, and that's even with like marathon youth ministry, like I've gotten people to help me build the website and everything. Um, but it's just, it's constantly looking into these different platforms. And I know that's become really helpful with working with youth ministers and churches and, and helping them build their digital content. The, the other thing I want to talk about too is not necessarily, you know, creating a digital church from scratch, but even looking at like what you're currently doing. So, you know, um, with, with things like faith formation and and even community, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that I like that's out there are subscription services like Formed, right? Um, and uh, one of our partners in Marathon Youth Ministry at Blaze Family Ministries, right? They have these digital portals where you, your parishioners and your families can sign up and they can, um, and they can access, uh, you know, videos and um, other resources to help them grow in their personal faith. So as a parish, you don't have to necessarily create things from scratch. You can partner up with different organizations or subscriptions and, and create a digital library, a digital catalog, um, that, uh, is available for your parishioners to help them in their faith. And, uh, and, and so, um, yeah, formed is one that we use a blaze family ministries is another one that, uh, our parishes use as well. Um, and, and we're taking a page out of that, um, with what we're doing with youth ministry, uh, our curriculum that we're using is orange and they have teaching videos. And so I'm, you can buy a, a, a distribution license, which we did. And we're posting that on a private Vimeo page with commenting and chatting. And so for our students this year, you know, whether they're in a virtual small group or, um, or an in-person small group or no small group at all, they can watch these videos and interact with one another um, after they watch these videos. And so that's creating digital content there. And then we're giving them digital PDFs as well as, um, you know, uh, booklets that have reflection guides that they can help process uh, some of this information as well. And so our digital catalog, um, you know, not just our, our website and our streaming, but our digital catalog is expanding mm -hmm. and providing resources for our parishioners. Yeah, I love that. And that's what we need. And, and, and that's the difference between content creation versus content curation, right? You can create it, right? And that, we are talking about that. That's where we spend a lot of our time on. But part of the role is, is curating content, meaning finding the content that's already out there and leveraging and using it for your own uses of church, whether it's formed or orange or whatever else. I think that's phenomenal. So good to wrap us up, Chris, any last thoughts or, or, or ideas for us to kind of consider and embrace as we begin to make this, this leap into a permanence into the digital space for us as Catholics? Well, just using that word permanence, if you think about this as a permanent long-term plan, you're going to have a much easier time navigating it than as a temporary thing. You know, looking back at when quarantine first happened, a lot of people were looking at the temporary fix of streaming mass until churches opened back up. And the shame is that when you're in a maintenance mode, 
you never adapt or grow, right? And, uh, and, and um, one of the things I really love about what uh, my pastor said, uh, Rick Hillgartner, is that he, when, when this happened, he said, streaming is something that we've needed to do for a while, and it's something that we're gonna do long-term. And this was even before we had streamed our first mass. And so I, one of the reasons I said I volunteered myself was because I knew that this would, would be a comprehensive strategy and plan and not just a stopgap um, in that regards. And so um, again, I think, think of this as a permanent um, place that you're going, not just a temporary like, um, you know, hype trend because everything's virtual for now on. And, and that doesn't just go for churches. I think schools have to look at this way. I think a lot of businesses, institutions need to look at becoming more digitally friendly because I, I don't think we have really been there. And so the church has an opportunity to lead the way. Very good. Well, Chris, thank you so much for this. Uh, uh, would you guys be willing to share that job description with us? Maybe we can put something in the show notes around that. Is that something you'd be open to, to doing? Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put what, and, and just to be clear, this position is for an associate position. It's not a director. It's not a coordinator. It's an associate. And just to kind of clarify that for people, an associate sort of position is one that is part-time, is not really reporting, is more performing a task where a coordinator is overseeing programs and a director, of course, is overseeing staff and things like that. But it's something that easily could grow into any of those uh, levels of, uh, of employment. So um, if you're looking just for that part-time, yeah, feel free to use that. We'll have that in the show notes um, and uh, you can use that and adapt it. Uh, we'll make it a Word doc so that people can adapt it however they want. Right. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate that. Well, Chris, uh, if people want to find out more information or want to connect with you more about this, because you've got a lot of wisdom around this, much more than I do. Yeah. How do people reach out to you? If people want to find me, they can find me at marathonyouthministry.com or on social media at Marathon Youth Ministry. Uh, yeah. And, and don't hesitate to hold back and, and reach out to, to, to me, like, even if it's just to shoot a question or leave a comment on the church podcast or shoot us an email at questions at the church podcast.org. And I know that this is a question, John, that you guys are mulling over at digital, uh, at, at digital, at parish success group. So uh, if people want to get in touch with you, um, how can they do that? parasuccessgroup.com where you can check us out. And it is something we're, we're looking to potentially develop some webinars or even a master class on this particular topic. Uh, and, and so we'll see what comes of that. Uh, we're still in the very early brainstorming stages, but uh, we'll podcast audience, you'll be the first to know when we are ready to launch something like this because it's definitely on our radar. And, and trust me, I will not be teaching it because I will, <laughs> I do not have the background of the skills like Chris does. And maybe we should get Chris to teach it. So. <laughs> Maybe, who knows, who knows, but, uh, and, and there are other, like, if, if, if you're looking for other sources, just look at churches that you see that are streaming well, that um, do have those platforms. Don't be afraid to reach out to our, our uh, you know, Protestant brothers and sisters um, who, are, who are doing a great job of it. Um, they are more than willing to share. I know I've learned a lot from them as well through this process. So definitely check them out. Check us out, churchpodcast.org. Um, and uh, of course, if you liked this episode or other episodes, feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere that this podcast can be heard and share it with a friend, family member, coworker, and uh, anyone you think who could benefit from this. John, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, would you close us in prayer? I would be honored. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Ah, thank you, God, for this crazy time that we are in, the, the opportunities that are arising through a crisis, Lord. And so as we continue to look at embracing uh, what a digital church looks like and how do we evangelize in this uh, digital continent, as described in the Directory for Catechesis, Lord, may, may you inspire us and give us the courage to take these steps, because this is unknown for a lot of us, Lord. So you know, send your spirit upon us to, to give us the courage to get out of the dark and stuffy upper room and really walk out and, and find ways to really connect uh, in this new world. So Lord, be with us as we continue to navigate uh, what the church will looks like post-COVID. So be with us in your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.